Welcome to the DNVGL Talks Energy podcast series. Electrification, rise of renewables and new technologies supported by more data and IT systems are transforming the power system. Join us each week as we discuss these changes with guests from around the industry. Welcome to a new episode of DNVGL Talks Energy. My guest today is Gavin Adder, CEO for Distributed Generation at Total. Welcome, Gavin. Thank you very much. Gavin, we want to talk about the transition of traditional fossil fuel-based companies and the uptake of solar in this episode. But before we do this, it would be just great if you could give us a little bit of your background. I um, am running Total Solar Distributed Generation for Southeast Asia. We provide solar systems uh, for commercial and industrial companies, uh, normally on their rooftops uh, across Uh, Philippines, Cambodia, Thailand, Myanmar, uh, actually Japan and India as well. The goal is to install a solar system on their facility and give them a discount against the grid. So we can normally provide between 10 and maybe 20 or 30 percent discount. So they get to cut their carbon footprint at the same time as they are reducing their power costs. Previously, I had uh, come to Singapore about eight years ago and wanted to build that business. I've been working in the US doing utility scale projects, and we saw the commercial industrial distributed generation um, explosion, uh, companies like Tesla and SolarCity taking off. And I was working for Samsung, and we looked at buying a couple of those companies. And as we looked at their business model, we realized that that business model would be really well suited to Southeast Asia. So I thought, I'm going to come to Southeast Asia. I'm going to um, work for one of these great companies and do distributed generation for Southeast Asia. Turns out, eight years ago, there was no one here. And anybody you talked to about doing distributed generation solo said, it will never work. It doesn't make any sense. Please go away. And, and if you could sell us some oil and gas instead, that would be great. Um, so I started a company. Uh, doing that, I raised money uh, from from individual investors, and we became one of the biggest companies in India. Uh, I then left that company, started a new one, and sold that company to Total end of 2017. And so Total Solar Southeast Asia Distributed Generation is that company, um, but now 100% owned by Total, and seeing incredible growth with the support of, of the Total Group behind us. So we fortunately see an increasing number of the traditional fossil fuel based companies taking responsibility mm. to contribute to the energy transition. Mm. Total is one of them. Mm. Uh, could you explain a little bit what the ambitions are, but also what kind of friction that causes? Because at the end of the day, you also have to run your underlying oil and gas business profitable still. Solar as an industry has gone through a massive change over the last decade or so. We've seen costs collapse uh, and, and that's enabled us to expand the market. Um, we in Total Solar DG have to deliver projects that make sense even when compared against the most profitable projects that we have on the oil and gas side. So this is a, a genuine commercial move from Total. Total has an incredible passion and vision on the renewable energy side. We currently have seven gigawatts of low carbon uh, power generation, three gigawatts of renewable energy. And the goal is to get to 25 gigawatts by 2025. So this is a massive growth plan. We are doing that through a few different strategies. There's organic, but there's also inorganic. So we are buying companies and we've spent about 
uh, over $6 billion in the last few years buying companies like Saft and Greenflex. And then the wider portfolio includes companies like SunPower. So you have um, a broad base of different portfolio companies that are currently generating around $4 billion or a little bit more than $4 billion a year of revenue. This is a serious part of our business. The utility scale side is generating about one gigawatt of new projects every year. And then the commercial industrial distributed generation side, which is, is what I'm running for Southeast Asia, is targeting around 500 megawatts this year, has completed previously more than two gigawatts, and is looking to get up to the stage of doing one gigawatt a year. So this is a really significant part of our business. And Yes, there is a sense of responsibility around meeting the baseline, the IEA baseline two degree scenario. But this is also now a really viable commercial business. And so we're seeing customers making decisions to go for uh, solar that aren't driven just by sustainability, but also by good business sense. So you just mentioned that renewables has become a business case now. So mm. we are at a tipping point. The industry was dependent on subsidies and feed-in tariffs and all these things. Now, renewables can deliver better return on investments than traditional oil and gas projects. Yeah. Uh, what do you think has caused that and how does it go further in the future? The, the first thing has definitely been a, a collapse in module prices. And, and we've seen uh, projects that cost $2 back in 2009, 2010 that are now sort of 50 cent range or 60 cent range. We've seen a really good reduction in costs. Also, I think the finance community has become more comfortable and has seen enough projects go through and the performance from those projects to provide financing that's competitive. But I think the other side to this, and, and, and I look at behind the meter distributed generation. So when my customers look at a project, they're looking at how much did it cost to generate that power, then transmission, distribution, retail and eventually it gets to the customer so we're looking at the landed cost for a commercial business and that is escalating very rapidly in large parts of southeast asia so if we take indonesia for example we see grid escalation of more than seven percent every year for the last 20 years so against that backdrop customers are saying okay how can i reduce my exposure to that increasing cost and and how can i stay competitive and uh, solar is reducing cost at around 5 to 10% per year. So we've hit grid parity. And that is augmented even more by the fact that many of these markets have problems with the grid. So if you look at Philippines, Indonesia, Cambodia, you've seen blackouts happening. So actually, the grid is not able to provide the power from the plant to the customers. And upgrading the grid takes a really long time. Uh, it's very expensive and difficult to do. So by co-locating our systems with the demand, not only do we give the customers maybe 10, 20% discount on their cost of power, but we are also helping governments and the grid to improve their viability and sustainability. In our DNVGL Energy Transition Outlook, we point out that the transition needs kind of a re frenemy relationship between gas and renewable. Mm. So they are not competitors. They kind of work together towards the same target. Mm. What is your take on these fuels in the energy mix? Yeah, absolutely agree. And, and I think we saw uh, a massive increase in gas in the US as well back in 2010, 2009, that period. Gas is an is a incredibly important part of renewables um, because it's, it's flexible. 
with new CCGT combined cycle gas turbines, you can turn them up and down. The problem with solar and wind is that it's still intermittent, which means that um, you know a cloud comes over, for example, in Singapore, and you could wipe out all of the power for 15, 20 minutes. And you need something else that can step in and provide the power during that period. Coal cannot do that. Nuclear cannot do that. It's really only gas that can do that. Um, and I think that's part of the strategy of Total is to focus more on uh, being able to provide this gas power, uh, that flexibility. Um, but I think the next stage and what we look at, and you hear a lot of people talking about, is, is storage. And how can we take uh, intermittent power, wind and solar plus storage and combine that in to give us a little bit of buffer? We think gas is incredibly important and you definitely see as you start to increase the amount of uh, renewables in a particular market that whether it's coal or gas as the base load, you see a real difference in the ability to take on more renewable power. Another statement we make in our report is that we need 10 times more solar. Mm. Where do you see that coming from, from established markets, emerging markets or scale-up markets? I think there's a few different angles here. When I first started uh, to develop distributed generation in Southeast Asia, I was usually the first person to, to meet the customer and tell them, hey, you know, would you like to do solar? And they would look at me in shock and say it's too expensive. And I would, I would try to argue five, six years later, we're now looking at a very different situation where many customers are aware of the benefits of renewable energy and they feel the impetus from consumers to, to do this in a, in a much more heavy way. So good examples would be people like Apple and Google who are doing some very big purchases uh, in the US and, and now starting to do that in other countries. And that is driving MNCs generally to, to look at this space. Uh, we have one customer, a very large American customer, but all of their manufacturing is in Southeast Asia. And so if they want to be sustainable and green, then they need to be able to implement renewable energy on their manufacturing facilities in Southeast Asia. And so they are putting pressure on, on their supply chain to move towards renewables. But quite frankly, if cost didn't make sense, then those, those supply chain would never make the move. Solar has now got to the stage where we're cheaper so we can add cost and benefit on the profit line, but we're also cleaner. And so there's one part which is big, Western companies driving their supply chains in Southeast Asia and Asia generally to take solar. And, and that is a good fit for a company like Total, where we're quite comfortable putting 50, 100, maybe $200 million down into a project where slightly smaller companies would never be able to do that. So in my startups, no way I could have put more than five, maybe $10 million. So we can do scale. This means that in six months, we can have a massive impact on, on, a, on a particular industry. And that's one part, and that, I think that's going to drive volume. And, and we're seeing, quite frankly, portfolio deals where customers are coming and saying, I want to do 50 different facilities in one go. And that might be 50 facilities in one country, that might be 50 facilities in 10 countries. And then you need a company like Total that can, can deliver the same quality of product, so the type of system that goes onto the roof, in the same way across any country, no matter where you are. And the other part of this, I think, is that customers, you need to think about what do customers worry about. The savings that we can generate on renewable energy are still relatively minimal. It is not comparable to the business interruption risk that they would have if they installed a bad system. Uh, you can have leaks, you can have 
problems with uh, harmonics in, in, in the building. So having somebody that you trust up on your roof that you know is going to be with you for the whole period of a contract, so we might have a 20-year contract with that customer, uh, is really important. And Total has been doing energy for 100 years. We have assets that we've owned for more than 50 years. And so we're a natural partner for A, for big projects, and B, for long-term relationships. And then because we're so big, we can uh, drive economies of scale. So we can actually push our costs down and therefore give customers a better better profitable and more, more interesting uh, deal. So this development uh, you just described that large consumers mm. um, take power purchase agreements for direct offtake. Mm. Uh, what impact do you think does that have on energy markets and on utilities? Yeah, so the big question um, that we have is, is how does that impact a grid? Um, there's And there's a battle that's going on and, and I think it's been going on for a while as to whether distributed generation is positive or negative for the grid. And, and there's definitely a portion uh, that say that um, having a lot of power be produced in a distributed way means that the grid no longer has anybody to send power to and that can destabilize the grid. And and then on the other side, you know, there are certain people who are saying, well, look, you know, in Indonesia and Philippines, you're not able to provide enough power for them already. So I think it's probably better to put some power co-located. I, I think we're going to see over the next few years, it's going to be very customized country by country different solutions. So gas is definitely a solution that many people are looking at, storage as well. But I, I see Southeast Asian utilities realizing what happened in Europe in the last couple of decades and, and making moves to be part of the change um, rather than uh, trying to stop it. But we're seeing different approaches. And for example, I think in Indonesia, you've, you've just uh, recently seen a change in the way capacity charges are dealt with, which means that distributed generation is able to come online. And I think this, that's a very positive thing for the, for the market. You alluded to this a little bit already earlier, but I still want to come back to this, what is driving the change in the industry. And mm. definitely we will see a lot of innovation coming up in the next couple of decades, let's say. So is it the large corporates or is it the startups who really drive this dynamic changes? As I said, when I when I first came to, to Southeast Asia to, to deliver distributed generation, I was pretty passionate about joining a big company and, and driving a lot of impact that way. Um, there was no one here. So I started a business and that business, I think, was successful. And a part of its success then brought in the big companies. But the fact is, if you want to have big impact if you really want to change a, an industry you need to have tens or hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to deploy and only big companies can do that what i see in total is a, a real commitment and passion to to build this renewable energy portfolio to drive change within um within the region but also globally and 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 i think there's also uh, the ability in total because of the portfolio to be able to provide what customers need now, but also be ready for what customers need in the future. It's only a big company like Total that can uh, buy companies like Greenflex, which provide energy efficiency, launch an energy efficiency fund, the uh, Total Carbon Neutrality uh, Ventures, uh, which is a $400 million fund, and then launch a joint venture in China with Envision and do all of these things at the same time. There's no, there's no way that a startup could have that kind of impact. And our, our view, and, and I would say that having come from startups as well, is that there's a really important role for startups to play. 
and we need to help them to grow and and we need to help them to grow independently or uh, to make investments in them to help them to grow as well but uh, the ventures team are really looking for opportunities to take these startups and this new technology and then push them through an existing uh, distribution platform and and to a large extent uh, total solar distributed generation is about building those relationships with commercial industrial customers we put solar in to begin with we add storage we add energy efficiency whatever we can whatever the customers need Gavin, I have one more question for you. What is Total doing to harness the new collective focus on climate emergency to progress the energy transition? So Total is, is really committed to being part of the change. And uh, what we see at the moment is that customers are galvanized and, and much, much keener to move towards renewables and to make these changes right now. And we are investing to grow our teams. We're investing into new companies and joint ventures like Envision in, in China in, to enable us to service that, that, that customer demand. Uh, so we will continue to do that. And, and I think we'll look to double our business uh, at least every year. Thank you very much for your insights, Gavin. And thank you very much for listening. That was Gavin Adder, CEO for Total's Distributed Generation Business. Thank you for listening to this DNVGL Talks Energy podcast. To hear more podcasts in the series, please visit dnvgl.com slash talksenergy.